The first thing you should know about my friend Mrs. Philholm is that we don't see much of each other anymore, and I don't really know what she's up to. Her Instagram shows that she's growing veggies in her backyard and making pottery with neighbors. It mostly seems like the same old stuff. But I also know that she's got a new consulting gig and her weekly showcase is back in action. The next thing you should know is that I started writing this opening a week ago, and I know just as much now as I did then. I think we're overdue for a check-in. The first thing you should know about my friend Andrew is that he's had a big couple of weeks. Since we last spoke, for example, he has attended a funeral and watched the original date of his wedding to Miss Delaney come and go. These are strange times, and big life events feel even stranger. June 28th must have been a day of weird emotions for the betrothed couple, and also a funeral. The next thing you should know about Andrew is that his wedding has been rescheduled for September, so there is much celebrating in our future. As we mark the passing of time, observing beginnings and endings, perhaps we are all more aware than ever of how fragile and temporary things are. I raise my cup once again to Andrew and Delaney, the families that raised them, and their abiding love, which transcends even apocalyptic setbacks. Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. That is so sweet, Mrs. Philholm. Thanks. I had it built in there, raise my coffee cup, but i that's because we usually record in the morning, and now it's the afternoon, and I'm drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper. It, it's so funny, as I was listening to your open, yes, and you mentioned that my wedding date had come and gone since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. That feels like forever ago. I feel, I feel just as <laughs> I comfortable with the idea that today is June 15th as I do with the idea that it's August 15th. And it it could be any date. It it could be any date in the middle. And I would be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I know. Okay. I, you mentioned in your open, I am very much aware of like the seasons, right? Because my garden and everything's blossoming. Even so, when I'm telling a story, when I'm talking to somebody, I'll go, this was back in. And it's like, I can't remember what season it is or what has Mm, happened or. Yeah. I go, what, what just happened? Did we just get through winter and then spring? Oh, right. Yeah, I know. The whole gosh darn world is still disorienting. And yeah. Okay. So we missed, we missed a, sorry to our devoted readers that we missed a week. That was just, you know what? The truth is I totally could have done it on Thursday. I was ready with that open that I just read today. So it, it has been some time since your original wedding date passed. But at the moment that was very much on my mind because it had just happened. Um, but we, and on Thursday, I kind of just, oh, in fact, I think I wrote that on Thursday night because we had rescheduled for Friday Saturday or whatever. Or Saturday, so, yeah. I, right. So the truth is on Wednesday night, I was just kind of like, I didn't really have a cold open. I didn't really have an idea. And I think I was putzing around. I just didn't feel like it. I was just like, can we do tomorrow? <laughs> and so, you know, like, and we, and you had done that to me maybe the week or two before just said, is Friday morning good? And I was just like, yeah, that sounds better. That's fun. Let's just do it. And then you had a funeral and then you had a crazy weekend, so we didn't do it. So here we're, we're back. Yeah, it's uh, we might have to reevaluate our recording schedule. I don't know if the mornings are the best time for me anymore. Not that anything has changed. It just seems like for several weeks in a row, uh, I'm busy around 9.30 in the morning on weekdays. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to revisit that schedule as well because, yeah, it's a funny little timing for me too. It's always a delight, Andrew, but uh, we should tell the readers the funeral you went to. How was that? How was funeral in, in COVID times? Uh, it was it was mostly good. Um, as you can imagine, it was, it was poorly attended. It was my great uncle. It was my maternal grandfather's brother. And mm-hmm. he's, he's a person, I certainly knew him, not well, but I knew him... Um, I spent a lot of time with my grandfather when I was growing up and mm-hmm. he used to pick me up at like seven in the morning and we'd go down to the coffee shop. And I think this was because my dad was traveling and my mom was working. So we, we spent a lot of time with grandpa, like uh, particularly in the summers is my memory. Um, so I'd hang out with uncle Nick down at the coffee shop. And that was, um, it was kind of like grumpy old men. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bunch of guys, you know, it's the same guys every single day, seven days a week. And they, they talk about the last fishing trip they took, which could have been years ago and how they caught the big one. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that's mm-hmm. in my mind and in my memory. That's kind of how I remember Uncle Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it that's was cute. It was cute, and it was a good funeral. And as my uh, as my grandfather says, he got eighty eight years, which is pretty good. Aw. Uh, so it, it was it was fun. The, my the, sympathies to your grandfather and your family, but it sounds like you have very fond memories that will comfort you for your lifetime. Of course. Of course. Yeah, nice? it, I it, love it was good. your relationship with that grandfather of yours. I just love it. Yeah. Well, he and I, um, we, we spent a lot of time together when I was very young, and now we're starting to spend a lot of time together again now oh. that I'm growing up and he's he's getting old. I'm kind of a um, budding landlord. I'm starting starting this little... Right. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a house for rent and he's, uh, made a career out of being a landlord. And now that he's getting older, you know, he stopped doing his own maintenance a long time ago, but now it's even getting to the point, especially with COVID where he's not comfortable going down and collecting the rent. Uh, uh-huh. So like the, the reason we can't record tomorrow morning this week is because I will be, I've made an appointment to go collect $500 from someone. Oh, 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 oh. I thought it was from your own renter. Um, got it. Oh yeah, that's great. That's really sweet. You know, and my son, George, on the 4th of July, he went to the family party that I didn't attend, but he wore my father's, uh, 4th of July Aloha shirt, mm-hmm. which everybody would know that this is his Luau shirt, you know? And, um, yeah. And, and, and it, and it, and anyway, he told me, and other people told me it was very sentimental for people. And he very much right now, he feels real connected to my dad. He feels really, he misses him. And I think it's funny because my dad declined so much and, you know, wasn't my dad for the last few years. Uh, and George even says that he, he tells people, you can hear my grandfather's decline on the video of my high school wrestling career. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of high school, granddad was there being like, they were just, the boys were like, granddad is a badass because he was still strong and, and really helpful to them as wrestlers because he wrestled. Anyway, so George, George is still wrestling and, you know, still looking at going back to engineering school and things like this. So he really feels my dad's presence. And my point is, I think, I think as, as, as time passes, um, we can remember the the real my dad, you know, the, right. The, the I, I was just thinking grief that. of dementia is not is is lifting, and we can we have the happy memories of who my dad really was. Right, right. I, I would imagine that your, you, I mean, all your most recent memories of your father are are tinged with the dementia and the pain of it all. Um, but now, mm-hmm. as we as we put some distance between today and his death, um, you can you can reconnect with those older, fonder memories before, before dementia, right? Your your, your memory doesn't necessarily have to be, um, of his, of his dying days. That's right. And it is some, it is, that's right. It's easier to not dwell there. It is sometimes, you know, there are times when I still go, holy crap, that suffering, what, what that was doesn't make sense to me, but yes, that's right. It is easier to not feel the weight of that. And in fact, and again, I'm gardening, I'm doing a lot of Mike Lane things, you know, uh, and to, to, to feel that in him when I go paddleboarding, or maybe I've said it on the show. Um, and I've been taking one by one people that I know throughout the summer, mostly other comics, my son, you know, people, friends. Uh, I very much feel like my dad because he was just, that was his, that was his move. That's such a Mike Lane move. Taking people to do this outdoor thing, and I've got all the gear, and it's very ratchet system. Literally, I have those ratchet straps that hold my boards on the car, right? (laughs) Very, like, very Mike Lane. Like, serviceable, ugly. There are fancy, fancy racks that you can buy, but I didn't buy fancy paddle boards, so, and I don't have a fancy car, so I ratchet strap them up there. You don't want to be like, um, who's that guy from Stripes and also Ghostbusters? Uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. You don't want to be like Bill Murray putting a ten dollars shine on a five dollars pair of boots. Okay, great. I just saw Ghostbusters the other night. Put a pin in that. Um, I so we, I'm one time, and I'm gonna tell you. I, I don't think I've said it on the show. If I really have, we can cut it out. Um, so I'm taking anyway. So like the system, right? Right. It's not fancy. We don't don't. Yeah. It it absolutely works. I made sure, as you know, that I could do it by myself. You know, and I also know I'm super prepared. One time we were at a lake and I have these little waist, you know, inflatable. Um, yeah, you've got special devices. life jackets. Mm-hmm, life jackets. That, but, and I mean, I'm, I'm skeptical of them because you have to pull them to inflate them with the CO2 cartridge, you know, should you fall and drown. 
in which case, okay, it doesn't matter. I use those because I don't like messing with my tan, Andrew. Um, oh, I didn't realize those were so for anyway. tan lines. I thought those were just for cool factor. I thought you didn't want to look like a scrub wearing your life vest on your paddleboard. Well, I don't like wearing the life vest on my paddleboard, not because of how it looks, because the tan, that's how it looks, and because it's cumbersome. I don't like the feel of it. It's hot, whatever. So I got these waist ones. Well, uh, we were out, Lily and I were out one day getting ready to go in the water, and the ranger at this one park came, because there are various degrees of who cares at certain lakes. So whether, you, you know, at some lakes you have to wear them, period. Some lakes they just have to be on the craft, whatever. Anyway, so... I walked up to park the car and I'm coming back down and Lily's walking up to me and she goes, we, we can't go. You know, we only have these waste packs are not, they do not, they do not have printed on anywhere on the package on the, on the item U S coast guard approved. Fair enough. So I'm walking down and Lily's like, Oh, we can't. And I go, that's all right. I got vests in the car as well. Um, and that I just went, Mike Lane's daughter. Hell yeah, I do. I mean, if you, I just, it's, I'm very prepared. The whole kit, I, and I check it. And recently I was putting a marine patch repair on the paddle boards. And just even that was so Mike Lane. It's like so janky. Now they just look like they've got toothpaste stains all over. I mean, they're just, but I'm <laughs> extending the life of these little boards. Who the hell cares what they look like? But the most Mike Lane moment is one night I was out in the water. And we did that thing like, hey, let's make a destination. Did I tell the story? And I go over. We're going to go to the marina. Cool. Boats are cool. We're there. We're standing there. And a sailboat's going out. You know, it's like sunset dinner cruise on Cherry Creek Reservoir. Mm-hmm. And I said, hailed them. You know, how's it going? Great. You guys are going to have a great you time. Said, have a you great said, time. ahoy. I had said, ahoy there, matey. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, you do the thing. You wave to the boat. And I stood there in the sunset. And this is beautiful. Sailboats are beautiful. And it sailed away. And I said to Lily, Man, that looks like fun. And then I literally, without another, the next words out of my mouth, without another thought were, I don't know how it could be any more fun than we're having right now, though. And then we paddled back. And I went, as I was paddling back, I went, that was like being possessed by the spirit of my father. That was the most Mike Lane exchange you could imagine. Hey, have a great time. They're going to have a great, they're going to have so much fun. Don't know how they could be having much more fun than we're having, though. Oh, my God, that was funny. I love it. That's a good legacy. That's a good legacy. That's who my father was at his core. And I like that part of myself. So that's cool. Oh, didn't mean to talk about that. It's funny that you said that to the boat. I've gotten in the habit of uh, every time I go out to the parking garage, there's a person who parks their Miata right next to my motorcycle. And every single time I look at Delaney, I say, that looks like a ton of fun. Mm. It's a what? A Miata? One of those little convertible Mazdas. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. It does sound fun. I went, the where I saw Ghostbusters is I saw it at a drive-in movie theater. So old school. Like, talk about the passing of time being weird. It's like walking back into time. And I saw it from inside a convertible. Is that kind of, uh, is that the drive-in movie theater out by the Grizzly Rose just off of I-25? Huh. It's at 88th. Could be. I mean, we came at it from the back side because it's my house. Is it 88th? Is it Commerce City? As far so as probably, I know, there are not that many drive-in movie nope. theaters. There used to be one over by uh, Mullen, but they demolished that Cinderella while, while I, I was in high school. Yeah, everyone's still sad about that one. I know. I remember. I'm, yeah, right. While, we, while you were in high school, I remember that. I would drive by that construction every day. I haven't been to a drive-in movie theater ever. Dude, I don't know if you'd like it, but... Because I have and because I grew up in small town rural America, no, everything about it was walking back in time, including that it looks like they haven't, like they could spruce the place up a bit. Um, And in fact, I sat there and went, how much would it take to spruce this up and make it adorable? You know what I mean? Like, and in this day and age, that is socially distancing. I mean, it was just, uh, it's as cute as it ever was. There's families there. Um. You know, there's literally like kids are in their jammies and then they're going to put them in the back seat and go to sleep because it goes late and and it doesn't start until dusk, but everybody's in place. And so moms and little kids are running around playing in dirt. Uh, there's a snack shack and a ham- a cheeseburger it costs $3.25, Andrew. It's so funny. I'm looking at the, the page for this place right now uh, and it uh-huh. just cracks me up. It's $9 per person. Uh, yes, right. r- regardless of how many of the, the three movies you watch, they, apparently they show three every night. You can stay three, for three, you say one, two or three doesn't <sighs> matter. It still costs nine bucks per person. 
Yep, and you turn on the FM radio channel so you can hear it in your car. Oh, it's on the radio. So I always wondered cute. how they how they manage the sound. Well, back in the day, there were various approaches to it, and that's why there are poles still, and the poles are still used to indicate where you park, and they are very serious about where you park. So we were in a convertible, so we're up close to the screen. We had to park in the first five rows by a white pole. And then if you have a slightly higher-profile vehicle, you have to go to the orange stripe poles. And they they came up and said, please move your mirrors parallel to this pole. Somebody's lights wouldn't turn out all the way. And so they came and covered it with a garbage bag. Very serious about where you park. But the poles in the olden days used to have speakers on them. Mm-hmm. And then there were various there were various technologies, Andrew, maybe a speaker you could put into your car, maybe a headphone thing. But anyway, nowadays, it's very, very cool. You tune in to the radio and you listen to it in the comfort of your own vehicle. And I mean, like, I don't know, we're in a convertible, so it's like open air. And it was a beautiful, beautiful evening. We saw stars for a while. Then we saw clouds. Um, but it was really, really pretty. And OK, I yeah, I lasted the one movie. Um, I didn't, that night, I believe there might've been only two and maybe there's like a short or something at the beginning. Cause there was some kind of, some kind of like, uh, maybe it was actually just a trailer, but it felt like a short documentary ish on the making of Ghostbusters and the upcoming new Ghostbusters. Uh, anyway, so we watch Ghostbusters. Mm, there's one coming up made by the, yeah, actually. Uh, is it, does it the uh, ladies again? Is it the female no, Ghostbusters? No, no. no. Which I never saw. Ghostbusterettes? Uh, that's not okay to say, Andrew. Busterettes uh, is by, not okay? I, I've, Jason Reitman, who is, what's his name? Ivan Isaac Reitman, the original maker of the Ghostbusters. Now his son is making a new one. Oh, that's funny. It's called Ghostbusters Legacy or Ghostbusters from Beyond in some markets. Hmm. Uh, oh, and it's about, that's right, that's right. It's about Egon's and the Annie Potts character, whatever they, they have. It's about their kid, and like it's like the next generation of Ghostbusters. Hmm. I don't know, whatever. So there's a little short about that. Uh, anyway, it was really fun, and I was, um, and I was in a convertible, which, which is 100% fun to drive around in. So that was, that was a fun, I, that was a date night, um, socially distancing. It was very fun. I have to check in. Is it really not okay to say Ghostbusterettes? Am I offending someone in particular with that one? I don't love it. Not really <laughs> offending. It's just that, oh, the language, you know, the diminutiveness of the language. I don't really particularly care. But, you know, like I, I generally still call myself a voiceover actor instead of an actress. You know, do you, do you I, feel the same way about comedian with an I-E-N-N-E? Yes, I do. Hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's... That's all right. You don't have to be sorry. It's, I mean, it's the history of it's the history of language. So on one hand, hey, let's let's accept that it's not that big a deal. On the other hand, it's the history of patriarchy. So yeah, this is, this is diminutive. I don't care. Ghostbusters. Uh, no, I don't feel the need to burn it down. I just do feel the need to say to some people, including you, eh, don't say Ghostbusters. It's diminutive and offensive. And I think those women took enough heat for making that movie as it began, as it, as it stands, that we don't need to worry. I, which I haven't seen. Okay, whatever. Fun, fun, fun night. We've had a lot of nice evenings in Denver, Colorado. And as you have mentioned, my big comedy show is back and it's been so good. Yeah. What, uh, any, anything uh, new, exciting, or different about your comedy I've show? Done just, new just material. The highlights? Yeah. The, the highlights are that last Friday we had a show that I honestly can't imagine. A, a better show and a better hour and a half or two hours of your life because it's really fun to look at the audience when your friends are performing. And these aren't like my friend, friend comedians. I know them. They're my, they're my colleagues, right? They're not, I've never had any of these people over to my house. They're not my friend friends, but they're pros and they're all so good. They were all so good. And to just watch the audience watching your friends, your colleagues is so it's always a delight. It's fun to watch. Right. And I mean, at the end of the show, I went up and I, I'm closing it. And I said, I told you. I mean, it just came out of me, like bubbling out. Like, I told you it was going to be such a great lineup because everyone had been laughing so hard. And we just ran the show well. Uh, for example, I gave a bathroom break kind of. I said, I'm going to just do some. It's like check drop. And I was like, I'm going to do some material now. And if this is a good time, you've been hearing me all night. And our headliner is coming up and you're going to love him. Now is the time. And it was interesting how many people took advantage of that. They're sitting there like, a, I don't want to get up. They're sitting there with their legs crossed. 
Sure. And part of it is at a comedy show, you never know if you're going to get heckled or be rude or whatever. So that like just that pacing thing was a great thing to do. And I'm going to do it again, you know, to just say, hey, everybody, I'm just going to tell some more material here. But you guys go and then now get, put your hands together for our big, awesome headliner. Um, That's so awfully that was good. generous because anyway. I've been stuck at Comedy Works in the same kind of situation where I really mm-hmm. need to get up and go. And I don't have any idea if the big one's coming, right? The, the joke everyone's going to be talking about in the doorway oh, as they're walking out of this place. I don't want to go to the bathroom for fear that I miss it. If you are ever at Comedy Works again, please, 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 please. I just, my Facebook memory today from one year ago today was a picture of sitting on the steps at Comedy Works a year ago. Oh, because uh, that's all I was doing. Anyway, um, just so you know, the Comedy Works has it recorded in the bathroom. I mean, it has it live in the bathroom. So I know, but it's not the same. You know, they're, they're always, uh, comedy is a very physical kind of thing. It's a FOMO situation. I know. Yes, it's very generous of me. And then I use that time to like do whatever. So that's cool. My point, I said, first I said, I told you, I told you. And then I said, I don't even have to ask if you had fun tonight. Because I mean, it was like that kind of laughter that's that rolling and rolling. And you just don't even know what you're laughing about anymore. And the comic is digging it. There's a line in the movie version of Chicago. I suppose it's in the Broadway show too, where she says whatever, like, talking about being a performer and the audience and I'm loving them and they are loving me and we just love each other. And that's because none of us got enough love in our childhood. <laughs> it's like, it's just this like, oh, synergy. And the comic is eating it up and the audience. Oh God. I mean, that was as geez, great a show, honestly. And then it's so great how much just it makes me feel normal. I mean, it's, I have, as usual, I have no trouble that night kind of unwinding. And I've had lovely friends come to the show who want to hang for a little bit after, and it gets over early enough that I can. And I am happy to just sit there and drink a beer and like let everybody else be big and talky talky. And I've just, I'm just like blissed out, you know, it's afterglow, let's face it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've got that. Do. It seems like you're doing well. We, we did talk mm. at the beginning of this podcast about your father, and you did not even get a little bit choked up. Uh, you mm-hmm. seem like you're in a pretty good place, Mrs. Philholm. Well, I feel mostly emotionally in a pretty good place, Andrew. You feel emotionally I centered. I have got to get a job. <laughs> so the fear is, I mean, it is now starting to feel looming and crazy and creepy. And I know I will be fine. I know it'll be fine. But it's getting mm-hmm, serious end and it's getting... I don't want to feel desperate, you know, um, but it is, uh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, unemployment, you know, the economy, you know, the economy is a thing I hear people talk about. Uh, in this economy? In this economy? Me with my skills? Come on now. Uh, but I mean, it's always hopeful. I, I have been doing a better job of treating, applying for jobs like my, not really my full-time job, as you've seen. I've been fucking around a lot in my garden and on paddle boards doing pottery. But really trying to take it seriously, take it. And then when, and I have, I still have a lot of people who I've reached out to and said, I'm, I'm looking and they go, would you like to meet my friend who's an instructional design in this? And I go, I sure would. So then I have a ring central call with that person. That was a new technology. I sure. I, I guess it's it the, cool. the modern equivalent of getting lunch with somebody is having a ring central is, call. P.S. And by the way, we all know this. We've all been talking about it. But some of these things, it is so much preferable to get it to going and getting coffee with a human being. You <laughs> well, know what? I, 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 I do don't... like. I do like that. There's no uh, uncomfortable waiting around. Is this the person I'm looking for oh, or not? There's. There's. Who's I mean... gonna pay? Do I pay for my own? Do I pay for theirs? I'm waiting for the thing. Also, the whole thing of like, I feel like I'm really encroaching upon their time because they have to drive there or whatever, or I've driven to them. And then how much small talk are we having? What's appropriate? If you like the person, suddenly you've been like, I just took up two hours of your time. Ah, ring central call or Zoom call. Man, that is scheduled 30 minutes. Fantastic. That is nice. The the one thing that I I think all of these uh, all of these services need to roll out is hard deadlines or hard stops, right? If you schedule it for 30 minutes, that thing should just shut off at 30 minutes. There's- Do you know in, in the early days of the sh- of the apocalypse, it used to. Did it? If you didn't have a paid sc- subscription for Zoom, for example. Oh, yes, I remember this. You got this. 40 minutes and then it would shut down. But then the- they were being generous because of people's need to connect and collaborate, Andrew. Right, right. Delaney had some um, hour-long dance classes in those first days of unpaid zoom accounts 
And oh. uh, it, it was like, well, yeah, I think you learned very quickly that you need to ask all your questions before you get cut off because you're just going to get cut off and everybody's going to be cast to the winds and go their separate ways. There's, you can't, yeah, uh, you yeah. can't save your, your announcements for after class anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I have been making, taking advantage of things like that when people say, hey, my friend is willing to talk to you about your resume. You're this, you're that. Give you a referral to this company. I, I take advantage of that stuff, which is not my favorite thing to do. But uh, I don't know, you know, j- applying for jobs, we've talked about it. applying for jobs is actually a a puzzle. It's a it's a it's a it's a game to be a puzzle to be solved, a game to be played. You know, I don't I don't actually technically mind the work of looking at a job description and then writing a bespoke cover letter that addresses their needs and all of that. Sure. I don't know. But I also anyway, I don't know. It's you, it's getting creepy. I am doing that consulting gig and it is fine, but it's not gonna be for long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like the last time we talked, you're getting acquainted with the the system and the people mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, is there any any interesting takeaways from a couple of weeks yeah. of work now? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that last time we spoke, I believe I you said and I went, I am going to remember this. And this is exactly right uh, to remember that some things need to stay broken. Sure. Because we sure, are. You can't fix we are, it all. We are. We are invest. No, no. Well, it's, imper- Not only it's that. imperative because uh, some people are invested in these. Uh, broken things. Some of the broken things we are invested in it, which, okay, that. Uh, oh, the other thing is that when I, that was two weeks ago, the day after that, I did go into the office, work for a few hours, and I billed. So I felt a lot better about myself after I billed. I haven't been paid yet, but billing feels great. Um, like the hopeful, you know. Um, okay. I love billing. That's my favorite part of working is is letting people sure. know that it's time to give me money. Well, I know. And I'm always the one who doesn't, you know, remember to do that part. Like for a certain voiceover client that I have, I'm not kidding. They often have to remind me to invoice them. Today, I did a voiceover job. I immediately drew up the invoice because now it really matters. Um, Okay. So the other thing that I have learned about collaboration, we'll call it productivity, you know, workflow. Sometimes people want to add an extra unnecessary process. That literally feels like time wasting, but it is because they cannot yet see like to that they don't need to take that step. They don't trust that like, you know, like, yep. They don't understand exactly what I'm doing here on the back end. Now I wonder, for instance, well, there's a, there's a thing where I'm going to anonymize it a little bit. There's a thing where we have to transfer some, we have to transfer some records out of an actual paper binder system. Mm-hmm. And then there is a there is a purpose-built software for this medical office, we'll say, that close enough that I'm working for, right? There is a way to put all of that data into this, but it's going to be a backfill, right? You're going to have to go in and do this and do that. And I'm going to have to build a little function in there that I have figured out from speaking to their excellent customer service. But it's been to some doing because I'm for, funnily enough, they don't have a specific way that I can track this one thing. Okay, doesn't matter. I think I figured it out. It's going to be so. All, all we really have to do is take this binder and put it, add this toggle to each record in the system. They're going to, in the meantime, do an Excel spreadsheet. They're going to take the the binder and put it all into an Excel spreadsheet, which is where it should be already. I cannot fathom why it is not on the computer where everybody can look at it and. Maybe there's some automated stuff you could. Yeah, I, I cannot fathom why it is in a book and not um, digital. But there isn't the need to collect it all in the Excel spreadsheet. All you need to do is put it into the system. It's a little bit of a new way to put it into the system. I can't tell. My point is this: Do you, I think, can't, do you think that there's a lack of trust in the system since, yes, since it's and brand a lack new? Of, they, they don't um, know how it works and that it's going to be there when they need it. The truth is, it's not a new system. They are just not familiar with it and as, as much as they should be. And every single person there has said, it's a great system. It's great software. We Part of what I'm doing is learning things about it like that, like functions. Hey, it can do that. It can get rid of that crazy little paper system you have. There's a way that we could build that in. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to filter for it. They So it's not that they don't trust the software exactly. It's that they don't know. There's a just like, we just don't know. And in fact, and I think it's that they don't trust 
me, but that's not about me. And that's not a, that's not a, that's not even a disparaging thing. Uh, This is my point. I can't tell if it's me not doing a good job, either engendering trust, which that's, that's not it. He's totally have, you know, I'm, he's totally paying me to do this. Me not explaining well enough how it's going to look on the other end, but there is a little bit, and I am charging hourly. So there's a little bit of, I don't want to go in and build that kind of module. It's not even that. It's not even that. I don't want to add that function if you're not going to want to use it, right? I mean, if that really isn't going to work for you, but I'm telling you it's going to work for you. And even when I showed him a little bit of a demo of it, I'm like, see? And he kind of, oh, softened to the idea like, oh, I see. Had to look at it in the system. I can't tell, like I said, if I am not doing a good job of communicating what I mean. I don't exactly think that's it. I think there is still, and this is, again, this is, you know, from consulting and and just working with other people, I think on their end, there is still a lot of, uh, it it seems like such a big job. Breaking it down task by task, first of all, is difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that, no, no, it's not. Task by task is not difficult. That that is difficult. And that's something that not not everybody has. The the ability to look at a big project and see... Uh, the the path to accomplishing that big project is breaking it into little pieces. And those yeah. pieces aren't necessarily apparent to, and maybe it's a personality type, um, but there, there's a special kind of person who can say, okay, so in order to build this building or this road or this piece of software, here's the, here's the 14 things that we need to do. This one's dependent on that one. Maybe we don't have everything we need to do to start on piece number four, but we can get started with one, two, and three. Like that's a, that's a special type of brain and special type of thinking. Yeah, I suppose. And that's what, right. That's why I'm a good producer of all things and a good creative is that, right. I get to see. So the thing about this company in particular, that's interesting is that the, 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 understanding the comprehension of we're going to have to break this down into small tasks and we are going to have to, you know, I'm basically just organizing sprints right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a, there is an acknowledgement of it. Uh, there is, like I said, there's just perhaps a, um, uh, uh, familiarity, like maybe, I just think maybe there's a confidence, like if I have it in an Excel spreadsheet, then I, then I know what that is. And then if we next take it and put it into the system, it's a little bit crazy, but it's also not more than a couple of hours time to put it into an Excel spreadsheet. And if you have somebody do that, you know, it's not, it's not going to kill anything. And that's the, that's where I'm, it's not going to be I putting it into the Excel spreadsheet. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm okay. There's also another thought where it's like there's some we want to have more conversation about what the end results look like and where we're going. And there are so many moving pieces. And I have been very good, and they have been very good at following me and and even leading me into okay. First things first. Priority number. We have to get this thing fixed because then we can take this person off the project and move forward here. D d d d d. Long term, all of these things, right? So my point is that even in meetings where I'm hoping that we can be very efficient, like where I'll just say, can you show me how you do that on the computer? And there's a binary response. You know, I press this button or I don't. There's a lot of conversation around, well, the reason where that fails and, you know, well, and then the one-off and the thing, you know, and it's the exception to that rule and the way, the reason that doesn't work. Well, we can't do that right now. You know, it's like, you've just told me that these are the five fee schedules that you have. We've talked about it at great length. So, and we've agreed it's important to build it in. And then you just told me about a sixth one because that, that, you know, these people, you know, I mean, and I get it. Like every system has to um, be able to incorporate those outliers, but it's just funny how hard it is to talk about things like systems when there are so many outliers. So I want, I want to interrogate the idea of uh, systems thinking, systems being broken when they when they don't incorporate all the outliers, right? Because I spend a lot of time, and we we've mm-hmm. talked about it before. I prefer to work with young businesses where it's a green field, and I can go and build things the way I think they ought to be built. Um, but yeah, the, the the problem with existing businesses is something you've discovered, which is that uh, when the systems were built originally, they didn't account for certain things. So now there are outliers, and different systems are required. Um, and that's that's an interesting thing to think about: is what percentage of use cases does this thing can continue to solve? Right when when it was a brand new system, uh, it, it solved probably ninety percent of of use cases. And then as you you find more and more different, I think you were talking about billing systems or something, your fee schedules, uh, that system starts to break down. At what point does that system need to be thrown out and rebuilt? 
Right. Um, yeah, I know. And in this case, it's very clear. It does not need to be rebuilt. And in fact, the cool thing is the people that I'm working for say, no, you're here to help us because we have some janky, we have some janky systems. And part of it is that we have been allowing for outliers, we'll say. We've been allowing for special circumstances and it almost has become the rule. And then COVID and everybody's needs change, you know, I mean, this is a this is a business that wants to get people on a regular schedule and and you're and it's just a regular thing. And you, you come in, you know, three times a week or you're coming, you're on a schedule and, and it should be automated. And they have all of these these special cases. And the the business is saying to me, we have to we have to phase those out. You know, these so have you, to be you, you the have exception to make the rather than the work. rule. You have to there. And so that's the good news is that they are basically telling me, no, no, you can force us into systems. We're just going to have to keep little asterisks by a lot of things for the next couple of months, you know, to remember, ah, this one is out of network, so to say. And but that's an outlier. And then, you know, eventually we're going to and and this this practice ha- also subscribes to a. I don't know what you call it. Uh, it's a whole. It's a it's a coaching uh, organization kind of where uh, it's like how to run your business. Anyway, doesn't matter. They are also on on uh, they're coaching this practice to be more like that. Like you should have more rules than exceptions, you know. Um, so in this case, the system is definitely not broken. It definitely requires somebody to come in and just have a slightly better understanding of the software, and then honestly to have this time to sit, inquire, test. Try to break it, test again, just to sit in the background and doing that. These are this is a very, very busy office. And so when people are there, you know, and maybe they're not as tech savvy, but they don't need to be. Like I said, the last time we, this sure, person they, doesn't need got, to learn how. They've got patience to make What's healthy that? and stuff, right? They, they, yeah, they exactly, right. The, exactly right. Exactly right. Not only do they not have the, the expertise, maybe they do have the expertise, but they certainly don't have the time. Well, I mean, even right, like, but like, yes, the office manager kind of person who this is going to be that job. And so that's one of the other things we're doing is I'm helping them with this identifying duties, discrete duties per job, you know, because they have an accountant over here that's, you know, they, that's a contract client. They're going to have that. And, you know, how do, how do we do job division of labor and duties and responsibilities of each position? And how can we make it so that like the front desk office manager position can be anybody walking in and either have written or video or whatever documentation to learn this job very quickly. And um, that person shouldn't have to go in and learn the back end of the software to set it up correctly. Right. It's kind of funny. It's it's fun. You walked into this consulting gig and I I don't know what your title would be because you cover so many different aspects of it from the, the software to the training, to the processes. Like these are all major departments and big consulting companies and you're, you're doing all of it. You're a uh, just general business consultant. I'm a consultant. change enabler. You sure are. Change enabler is what it is. Andrew, one of the people told me I should start using that word, so I sure did put it on my resume, which, by the way, is funny because being an enabler has a different connotation, not positive, from my upbringing. You know, particularly <laughs> around, like, addiction. Like, what an enabler. Don't enable that behavior. Anyway, so, yeah, it's change enabling is what I'm doing. And the truth is, very soon or, you know, when this project is finished or there's a possibility I will go to some continuing part-time, I don't know, with them, um, that I can put it on my resume as a, as a W, you know, I want to make sure we're, we're happy before I go ahead and do that. Um, and that I've successfully accomplished something. Um, but yeah, it is all with, that's exactly right. My, my resume, as I told you, is generally looks like instructional design, corporate training, change enablement, business transformation, all those words that we've talked about. Uh, And yes, and so it is. I mean, and all of it. To me, it is ultimately my skills as a communicator and trainer, educator, I guess, that 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 are uh, that are most applicable. It's that I can look at something and go, what's the end product and how are we going to get there? And how do we measure the results? How do I know that this person understands? And I don't know. I don't know. It didn't hurt what I did at that last job at DU where I worked with a lot of data scientists. It doesn't hurt being friends with you. You know, I don't really know anything, but I know enough, I guess, to know that nah, 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 software probably has a function like that in there somewhere. I don't know. Funny, sure, isn't it? Sure. But okay, the one thing I was going to say that's interesting to me in terms of challenges of working with other people overall is not even so much the, that stuff that I was talking about, but, 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 I mean, all of that's interesting. But like the idea, like, well, we're going to make a spreadsheet 
into it. Like we're going to do an intermediate step that I am sitting there going doesn't need to happen. But I cannot tell yet. Right. If it's like, please follow me, please trust me, just come along and it's going to be fine. Or if it's like, you know, what, just go ahead and make that spreadsheet because then we do have it in a, it. That is easier than the paper copies. And if my suspicion that it can all be magically solved in the software is wrong. Uh, at least we got it. You know, I can't tell. And again, it's not a big investment of time. We've got, then we have minimum viable. We got it on the computer at least. So that seems like a step in the right direction. And we've identified that, which I guess they didn't know before. Okay, I'm winning. The other interesting part of this to me is working with people who are still feeling like we're in the spitballing, brainstorming, you know, we're still in the big picture mode, understanding it's a whole bunch of, Balls to keep in the air that are that are individual projects. We're going to break it up into sprints and tasks and all that. And we're talking, and I've sent it in a variety of ways. And then there comes a time at which people will say something like, I'm going to go out and get a bunch of colored note cards and a whiteboard, and we're going to use a note. Now, you know me. I literally work like that. You when do, I am you've got, building you've got crazy thing, walls I, with yarn and I've got crazy walls. pictures yep. and inspirations. Yep. Yep, I've got crazy walls when I am building a big thing. So you know I work that way. So it's not that I don't love that method of working. It's that I am sort of sitting there baffled going, we don't need that. Stop right now. I mean, go ahead and do it. Like having it all up there, because this is clearly like a working board. Like, oh, I just thought of this thing. Great. But to like schedule a session (laughs) where we're going to start populating this whiteboard It's funny to me because we have so many documents now between us and I've made so many lists and you've made so many lists. And some of those are checklists and some of them are, you know, more written like goals. And some of them are even a little bit graphic from my, you know, something I've produced like to show progress or, you know, a calendar, whatever. It's just kind of funny that that and again, no shade to that creative process. It's my jam. We need the whiteboard. We need the sticky notes, which I prefer to uh, note cards because you can move them around. But um. Very funny that, and then the other interesting thing is we did have a meeting where the whiteboard was employed and some note cards came out, but it was not just, I just think what I'm doing, my point is that I am stepping into the middle of somebody else's creative process. And this is somebody who has asked for help, knows help is needed, trusts in many ways that I'm going to bring them to some conclusions and feels, and is feeling comfortable, I suppose, in a sort of brainstormy creative space, right? And it's not awful. And like I said, this is not, I don't feel like it's adversarial. I don't feel like I'm fighting something I don't understand. I mean, I really feel like they want, for the most part, they want to move in these directions that I, we all agree. A few things need to stay broken because we're, we're into that. Okay. You know, that feels comfortable, but I guess it's just the interesting thing of stepping in literally to somebody else's creative process different than collaboration. I, I, I write with other comics all the time. You know, I've written with other people. I've worked on, my gosh, the theater. You know, there's nothing more like, and here is our meeting where we do this. Walking in and having a different, you know what I mean? It's very funny. Because I'm standing there going, mean. why are we getting note cards at this point in the, pro- okay, funny. I, I, um, it reminds me of group projects in college. And I sure. definitely have a very different style of working on things. I'm not interested in any of that brainstorming. I don't even pretend to like sticky notes on the walls in the same way you say you like it. Right. Um, no. It's uh, my, my style of working is very much, um, you know, I'll form a, a super rough mental picture and then I'll pick up the shovel and I'll start, I'll start building out that picture, picture and fleshing things out as I go. And um, which is not the way a lot of people work. And sometimes people want to sit and they want to talk about the motivations or they want to talk about the other thing. And I'm already, I'm already started on the thing. And I generally work with the feeling that, you know, if, if we would, uh, start doing the work and moving the dirt, uh, we'd be done with this thing when, when you're still working on the plan and and getting comfortable with the idea of how it might be, you know? Uh, I do. I have a couple of questions. May I, if I may, may Mm -hmm. I follow up? Of course. Uh, First of all, is it, okay. My first response to that was like, Andrew, of course you just get up and you move the dirt when you're working alone, you just get up and make shit happen. But you never, ever, ever, I don't think ever begin a plan without an end in mind. You can't, it's like the human condition. So is it because, so I was going to say, well, when you work with other people, you have to be explicit about your goals, objectives, and process. But and then I, I thought, I, I wait a minute, are you frustrated? Okay. Is, but, is, but, but on the other hand, what I was saying is, what I, then, I, then what I thought was, 
is that the case that you just don't want, or is it that you just don't enjoy the process of talking through it with other people? Probably, probably both. I mean, so I, I, I will have a rough picture of how things need to be, or maybe, maybe I know the functionality that we need to achieve. You know, this, this website needs, you need to be able to take a payment from someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's all I need in order to get working on it. And in, in most cases I'm working by myself and it's kind of advantageous that I, that I work in this way where I, I know the end goal and then I just start moving dirt because there are a lot of things, a lot of issues, a lot of limitations that you don't discover until you actually start, you know, moving the, the dirt from one place to the other, writing the code and seeing what's built in and what's not built in and that sort of thing. Hmm. Where, whereas I, I've been in a situation and I'm still trying to justify the way I work, even though it's probably unjustifiable, but I've been in a situation where you, you make these beautiful plans and you say, I want it to do this and I want it to look like this. And then I want it to do whatever only to realize once you get into it, that it's not set up for in a way that's conducive to the plant, right? You, you can't get married to the plan originally because there's so many twists and turns along the way that you're going to have to throw it out anyway. Yeah, though, that's very fascinating to me because I can see kind of both sides of it. So if we if we take the example, we want we want to be able to accept money from people right mm-hmm. in this software, we'll say uh, I, as you know, am a big fan of picking up shovels and digging dirt, pick up the motherfucking shovels. Let's go to it. Um, however, if I don't love working with people who this is what I'm wondering. Sometimes people just go blindly off into the wilderness and think they can do a thing. And we haven't even agreed about what the end goal is. Do you know what I sure. mean? Now, what we're saying is you've already had the discussion about what the task at hand is. And and there is no need for discussion really about how we're going to accomplish that task. We know it's in this. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. There are some times when I'm sitting in a in a situation like this and it's like we have to have that discussion as a team because how are we going to eat this elephant? who's going to eat which bite of the elephant, right? Sure. I mean, isn't that necessary? I mean, that's you don't sure. really like it, collaborating. It, 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 I don't like collaborating. That's no. true. I, I, um, I do collaborate, but only, only because I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess the, the major failing in, in my system is sometimes I, I start walking down a path only to realize that I have to throw something out, um, do a lot of backtracking because I didn't take the... Um, I didn't put any effort up front to identify, uh, to make that plan. Right. So I, I just told you most of the time, uh, when I go through a project, I, I don't, you know, I, I have a, a rough idea of the outcome, but I don't make a plan. And mm-hmm. so I, the, the risk there is just that, which is that I didn't have a plan. So I, I worked unnecessarily. I put in effort where I didn't need to because I didn't, I didn't do the research up front. Yeah, kind of a nightmare, really, to work with. Except that in some cases, like in your particular work, like you said, you have to do it that way. There is going to be built in a little bit of trial and error. And I can't believe that when you're working, actually, even with a client, you're not saying, task is to do this X, Y, Z. I'll do it by deadline. I'll get to it. Yeah. If you if you had too much of your own. Right. If you had too much of your current work, for example, I trust because you're a good communicator that you would be able to and that you would be it would be in your own interest to tell somebody working for you or working with you, why don't you attack this part of it? Because clearly I, you know, you're, you're probably not being explicit with the steps that need to happen. And listen, I hate nothing more than when those kinds of things are made too explicit. And you're, like you said, you're doing group work and we all sit around and have an actual scrum about this, this. I mean, I, that can that can bore the heck out of me. But on the other hand, I have just seen working across multiple projects with a bunch of people the value of going task, 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 like literally check it off. You have to spend an hour building out each sprint by task, 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 task. Golly, it's it works. When, and then a bunch of people can also, you can also show your progress. I think it works, but you just don't like working with people. There's no yeah. other way to make it work with other people, right? Right. I, and you know that you have to do that. So, So this is kind of an interesting, different conversation, which is, um, I, I enjoy the, not the solitude, but the independence, I suppose. Um, and, and there's, there's always that question in the back of my mind. If, if I had to go work for a giant company, could I do it? Mm-hmm. 
right? Could could mm-hmm. I do it and not uh, not be insane? I'm sure I could go and I could show up at 8 a.m. and I could wear a button-down shirt and khaki pants and everything. That's the easy part. But could I return day after day working with people, um, have, having to have these planning sessions and... Oh, I know. Meetings will destroy you. And when I was a young person, I mean, I, uh, meetings just made me absolutely insane. I mean, the office culture, and I was always known as a creative, but when I have, I, oh, golly, especially as a young person, meetings would just make me, I mean, absolutely murderous. You're just really out of my brain because it made me so frustrated. I, I, I know. I know. I, I, re, I, I respect it more now. I don't like it when it gets time wasty. And that's part of the thing right now, right? Is like we're, I, I feel like part of the problem and part of it is this office is so glad I'm there and they are talking through things that they haven't had a chance to talk through before and all of that. So part of this is the process, but I am trying very hard to be respectful of their time and be efficient. So of course I am sitting here going, we don't need to have a talk about how we're going to do it on note cards. If that's how you, you know, there's a little bit of that, right? It's like, this is getting explicitly into the weeds of how our process is working. I guess that's part of it. That's funny to me. I don't know. Either way, working with other people is interesting. Um, I just like it when it's not adversarial. Yeah. I wonder how you are when you're doing something like around the house, are you going to collaborate with Delaney very well? Or are you just going to start digging dirt? Because you are supposed to call to see if you're going to hit a pipe underground, Andrew. <laughs> Pipes or wires. You're not supposed to just pick up a shovel and start digging. Fortunately, we don't have a uh, a yard with pipes or wires in it uh, to accidentally dig into. Um, but will. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure we will. Uh, and if it's not yard work, it's raising the children or something like that. Um, I'm just I, saying... Don't I, I, just go all rogue into things and just think I can go fix this myself. Be a collaborator with your bride. Yeah, I need to. Take that's it from that's definitely me. something I need to. Right now we're working on um we're, we're taking first steps into combining our assets uh which uh-huh. which as of yesterday means opening a, a joint checking account. Um Cute. So like all all this stuff it's an appropriate time to have these conversations because it's all happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you guys are good at that. I think you're good at working. But just remember that your your lack of interest in making a plan might sometimes frustrate it's your detrimental, beloved. for sure. Just saying. Just pointing that out, Andrew. You know what's funny about that is that I was recently talking about, um, my friend was talking about going camping um, with a bunch of men versus a bunch of women. And like my mother, now to shout out to my mother, I was just describing how Marsha Lane would go camping and and cooking food for camping, food for camping. And I mean, we car camp, we would car camp for a week straight across the United States of America. Like we would be driving up and we'd take a scenic, scenic route through a national park or whatever. We would drive up to the Pacific Northwest from Colorado and we would take like we my mother would have food for a week. And I swear to you, we only had to stop and get ice one time. She was, she had that. My mom is the queen of all the planning and preparing and like talk about thinking of all of the steps because it would really literally be like, and on the bottom of the, of the cooler was a frozen jug of milk. And then as that, as that, as that melted, it became our milk, right? (laughs) Yeah, all of it. And I mean, if you're making baked potatoes in the, in the charcoals or on the gas grill one night, man, that becomes your, um. You do extras and that's your hash browns in the morning with, holy cow, like really, really high level production quality of taking a whole fam, family cooking, doing it, I, I guarantee you on a tight budget and having everything so well, no detail, you know, left unchecked. Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. That is impressive. I'm, I'm definitely more the person, uh, let's just get out of the house. Uh, it's time to get on the road. We got to get out of here. We've got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Uh, and then we'll stop at the grocery store on the way. Maybe maybe pick up a package of hot dogs or something. Yep. And that's the other thing that's funny about that. Okay. My son, George, has just announced where he's going to go to college in the fall. OPSEC, I'm not telling you on air. But now we know. And so now he's starting to go, all right, he's got to look for an apartment and stuff like this. And the grandmother and the mother of George Philholm are going, George, we have pots and pans for you. We have this silverware. You know, my mom is like, I have a whole set of dishes that I don't use anymore. And George is looking at us like, 
I need a bowl and a spoon and maybe a pot. What are you, what are you talking about? Right, right. What, what do you mean what towels even I do and a that? bath rug? <laughs> what even would I do with a shower curtain? You know, like that. It's so funny. And so that's definitely part of it. And part of the part of the camping thing was exactly that. It was a gender, not to be binary, but it was a gender thing where my friend was just, she'd gone camping with her her new guy. And I mean, not that new, but you know, first time camping together. And she was just kind of horrified. Like we ran out of food and we were mooching off the other families that we were camping with. And we're like, well, he's been a bachelor for a long time. So he's been, you know, he, he was just happy to mooch off. Breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bre- breakfast burritos from the other, from the lady at the next campsite. And then we were like, next time you go with him, and she had already decided this, of course, like the other women in the group were like, well, let's exchange numbers. So next time we can all part, you know, dee, 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 dee. just funny that that's a, that 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 is a that it, that it is a slightly gendered thing, at least in my own very own experience. And um, certainly my mom and dad. Now, my dad, like I said, was the one who would have all the equipment and the safety gear and the making sure we had every carabiner and tarp and geez, Louise, little broom to brush out the tent. I mean, my God, it was a it was a well-oiled machine. But they were good. That was a good partnership. Mom did the planning in the places that were her realm, and Dad did the planning in the places that were his jobs. So there you go. Sure, it takes it takes both kinds. You need your your yin and your yang. A team. Yeah, it takes a team, man. Um, I didn't think we were going to talk about any of this stuff today. Let's see. I wanted to talk to you about. Do you use what's your browser situation? I'm using Firefox right now. Oh yeah. Hmm. All right. My uh, my note card on Firefox, um, the reason I like it is because I have three different Gmail accounts. I have one uh, personal one, a uh, work one, and then one uh, email account that my client gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Firefox does a really nice job. They call them containers. So you can have a set of containers that are all associated with your personal Gmail. So like your, your bank websites go in there and it'll keep your bank login separate from your, your whatever and your autofills and that sort of thing. And then I've got one for my client. Uh, so anytime I access a website uh, through him, you know, I don't want it auto populating with my personal stuff. I don't want it commingled. Uh, oh. So it, it's got its own container and it works nicely. Um, it also syncs, like all that stuff syncs across to my phone as well. So it's, you know, just like having an iPhone with Safari or having Chrome on both your devices or whatever. Um, and I, I like the fact that it's not Google. So theoretically, my my browsing is a little safer than it might be if I was using Chrome. Well, that's Chrome. why I've, I'm paying attention to the safety of it. Will it sync to my iPhone, that Firefox? Yeah, it, it should do. Um, do you have any any cause or any reason not to use Safari? No, not that I know of. You're just telling me about these containers and boy, is my shit commingled, you know, on Chrome. So, I mean, my shit is still commingled with like, like you're saying, drop down fields and stuff like auto populate fields mm-hmm. from my, from my job, from like putting in like the address sure. for DU will still come up. Boo. Safari would be fine for me. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think you'd be fine with Safari. Truthfully, I mean, Chrome is not the devil. Google already owns so much of your life. Uh, the fact that I you're know. using their browser is not that big a deal. Um, I, I, don't I know, think but a I wrong just recently heard our. I know, but I just heard Merlin Man, our boy, saying that it, using Chrome will come back. You will be very, very sorry someday, and that that just struck fear in my heart, Andrew. <laughs> fear in my heart, my actual heart is what it struck. Uh, I wanted to talk about placebo effect, but that's from like three weeks ago. Still interesting to me. Um, I need to probably sell some old uh, uh, Macintosh book equipment. So I would like you to follow up with me where I should start doing that because I'm... You need to sell not? some equipment. What do you mean? Well, dude, you I have my old Air... Well, I have the old little, you know, Macintosh book adorable and George's sitting around here. I'm not going to use it again. Um, and I am... Not that I'm desperate for cash flow, but why am I sitting on a few hundred dollars of stuff? Right now, that does matter to me. Every voiceover job I get matters a lot to me. And I bet I could get enough money from those two computers that like a, like a, as much as a voiceover job. Sure. So and just they're just sitting here eBay. So, and they're, they're not, they're not getting cuter eBay. Yep. <laughs> and e- eBay is uh, kind of handy. Uh, even though, so I've got beef with eBay and we can go into that later. Um, but the fact that you've got MacBook pros or whatever, which is super common electronics, 
uh, they've already got like pre-built ads. It says, which one do you have? And you look and you say, it's got this much memory. So you're telling me eBay is now preferred because we've done this in the past and there was definitely the answer was not eBay. So I I like eBay over Craigslist, which I suppose is your other option. Um, No, you used to tell me about like, 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 like companies. Gazelle. Like, yeah, you're not going to get any money from them um for those huh. computers because they're Interesting. I, I, don't, I don't remember what year they're from but they're they're old enough that they're they're not worth as much as you would no hope they are. i'm telling you um because what what they're going to do is they're going to take those computers and they're probably going to sell them on ebay so you're going to get ah, less, less than ebay prices okay and then what well if, uh, what am i supposed to do i was supposed to go on and wipe it all and do that yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to look at that again. I haven't done it in a while. Factory it, reset is probably the answer, right? It's probably right. easy. And uh, anyway, the, the I'm not even there, sure where those machines are, but it does strike me that, that there, there's 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 money lying around, Andrew. I'd be crazy not to claim it right now. Yeah, you got to look under the couch cushions as well. I mean, what was the key to wiping it? What were you saying? Um, the the place where people get into trouble is they forget to remove their iCloud account from it before they sell ah. it. Uh, and then the the yeah. person they get the computer and they can't do anything with it because your iCloud account is still connected. Okay, mm, that sounds gross. Um, okay, well, thanks. That's information that I needed. And well, I asked you yesterday if you had listened to what I deemed an essential episode of one of our favorite together favorite podcasts, and you went, "Yeah, why? What, what about it?" Well, so really? yes, yesterday's episode, I guess it's two days ago at this point. Uh, was all over the place, more so than usual. Yeah, they, wow. they talked about like 40 different things where usually they okay. only talk about 15 different things. Well, every one of them was scratching me right where I itch, Mr. Bridges. We talked about, they talked about moving rock. They talked about how sad everybody is during COVID and it still just feels, it still just feels like hard to be productive for some people. They talked about gardening. They talked about growing a thing. They talked about, yeah, it was 40 topics that I couldn't believe. It was Make like we were talking to them. It was like they were here. Karate chop something. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, 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 it felt like we were in the room with them. Like I couldn't believe it. I mean, there's a whole thing about growing something being good for you. And even, and has your kid grown anything? And oh, and I don't even remember. It went on you and felt, on and on. But I just seen. was like, I felt like they were in the room with us, Andrew. It felt very, very poignant. And you didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did. I did feel it. Experience. Uh, okay. I did feel it. And it's, it's nice. I like when they tell us it's okay to uh, feel bad or okay to not, you know, to have the recording studio in your uh, basement and never use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in there, like little nuggets. Um, yeah, but I get, you know, I get little nuggets out of that show all the time. I think, uh, I think if people aren't already oh, listening to Roderick too. on I the wish line, they, were they should my, be. I know. I wish they were my real friends. <laughs> One I day. Really it's nice to have, well, it's just nice to have them in my ears, but I do. I wish they were my real friends. I wish I could. Yeah. Well, you know how it is, but overall, yeah, uh, Andrew, keep on keeping on and come see the comedy show. I'm telling you. Uh, that'd be fun. Friday. Maybe I'll have to do that. Uh, this week, I am going to tell less nasty material at the beginning. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to go back to my teenager sets at the beginning. During the check drop time before a big headliner, I intend to do so. I have some new material that I've been working on, and that has been another fun thing is working on it three weeks in a row. And just, geez, Louise, that's the point of it. Ooh, ooh, next weekend. No, like the weekend of the 24, 25, 26. I have four shows in three days. Wow. That's pretty provided good. Provided we aren't in the second shutdown. That's pretty but good. And I think uh, to just it'd be, check it'd me be out on the socials. fun for Delaney and I to come see your show. Right now we're, we're uh, in July. We're only drinking on the weekends. And your show, since it's on a Friday, fits in the weekend. Uh, and then August, there's no drinking. So I, I certainly don't want to come to your show when there's no drinking. You better, oh, you better get there. Oh, are you like, because you're reducing and getting fit for your big wedding day? Yes, I sure am. Is that why? No drinking? I sure no am. Drinking. I, I hit that. So I've got a, a nice range that I uh, kind of move between, somewhere between 160 and 175. And I stepped on the scale and I hit 175, which means it's time to get back more towards, time to the, get back. towards I like the middle it. of the range. See? Love that discipline, man. Love that discipline. I have not been perfect on my little diet, but it does generally feel good to have go-to things to eat. Been eating a lot of produce from my garden and pretty proud of how my shoulder muscles are. Yeah, I, I forgot about your 28 day diet. Any, uh, any interesting takeaways? No, just like I said, it feels good. 
uh, I'm not sticking to it at all perfectly, so I don't expect any real results, but it generally just makes me feel healthier. And as we discussed last time, having having food that I know I can eat, that I, it's good for me. It's good for me. It's great. It's, like I said, not perfect, but but mostly I can eat that way, and I eat that way normally. And I've been harvesting zucchini and shit out of my garden, so it makes it <laughs> beautiful to eat that way. Uh, but yeah, okay, well, you and Delaney should maybe come this Friday. I'll get you tickets. Cause you would, you would oh, yeah, because it's a reservation-only situation, huh? Yeah. During, so what I was going to say is that during, during the, the check drop part, I'm going to tell some jokes that you won't like that much. They're not super dirty. I'll make but sure just, I go to the it's, bathroom. It's a, you could go to the bathroom. You shouldn't, though. They're so funny. And I do think I'm going to try them one more time because then, like I said, following week I actually have shows for audiences that aren't just my playground. And I want to make sure that that set works because it's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, I'm so hot. I can't stand it. So we're done. Sounds good. I think we brought the ruckus, I guess. Did we? We always do. All right. Bye, Andrew. Bye, Mrs. Philholm.